Hello. I know it. <laughs> this is exactly why oh. I cannot do this. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Holy Bubble. Yeah, boy. Uh, with me, Paulina, and our lovely... Alec. Definitely Alec. <laughs> uh, today I took over uh, the starting part and you can tell that I'm not very good at it. Uh, but in today's episode, uh, we decided to take a turn. Uh, since we are all preparing for Easter and the times are wild, we are quite certain we're not going to be able to celebrate Easter as we always do in churches with big celebrations. Uh, but I think it's very important that we still prepare our hearts and we still uh, prepare ourselves for the celebration of Easter because it might seem like it's not, but Jesus is resurrected yet again this year. So uh, this episode, especially, we want to focus on uh, Holy Thursday. Oh, m- Maundy Thursday over here. Mon- mon- I know, we just copied Morning Thursday. And Alec prepared some facts and oh, wanted to share his <laughs> wide knowledge with us. <laughs> uh, especially about subject of washing feet. Because I think it's a, subj- uh, a part of like uh, Holy Thursday liturgy that is often overlooked. I know in Poland, a lot of churches don't really celebrate that we don't have that part in the liturgy when the priest yeah. washes their feet and there is very specific and very heavy symbolism behind it and i think it's very interesting to discuss that so this is what we're going to focus in this episode yeah it's interesting yeah. I, I can't i don't actually know how much you can um ignore of the washing of the feet i don't know i can't remember why i can't remember what my missile says but i think you, you do have to include a certain amount of it and it, it, it is very important to include naturally the the homily that the priest does you know later on should should sort of emphasize it as well which is good anyway so yeah the washing of the feet so what actually happens so jesus comes over to, it's peter isn't it he comes over and he starts near his feet appears like damn no son you ain't doing that <laughs> you ain't touching my feet you is you know lord of the universe you is absolutely not touching my minging feet because they would have been minging um and and jesus is like well if you don't let me then you can have no part of what I've got to do, uh, and that's what that's sort of interesting point number one. Uh, and so Peter instantly like, oh bang, you know, okay, I've got to let you wash my feet. So why don't you just wash my entire body as well? Uh, and Jesus is like, no, you don't. I don't need to wash your entire body. Your feet's fine, but you know, here we go. And so he washes all the disciples' feet. Um, I think it was very important to notice, like even uh, in time when Jesus was alive, the act of washing feet was very had very even stronger symbolism than it has now. It was an uh, act of ambition. Uh, there was a thing that a slave would do for their master. So the fact that Jesus is offering that to his disciples shows his submission and the fact that he wants to serve them. And it's so heavy. Like it's, it's, it, it must really surprise them that he, who they know by this time, he is a messiah, he is the king that they were awaiting and he wants to serve them in the most uh, in the lowest way in a way something so 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 basic that only slaves do for their masters or uh, you could also think like mother would do for their child uh, and here he is the king of the world uh, who wants to lower himself and do that for his friends and once the peter actually realizes what that means what what is the actual meaning behind that simple act uh, he wants to be washed all over. Wants, wants his whole body washed because he understands that this is something way more just than just a simple act of washing feet. Yeah. Um. So, if you if you have been to mass or you've heard one of the priest homilies on Monday Thursday, it's almost always about service, and it's almost always about that example Jesus sets us. Uh, because throughout the entire of Monday Thursday, Jesus is setting us an incredible example. 
uh, and Jesus is the perfect example as uh, his ministry is perfect um, but this is such a day of, of incredible um, well, humility and uh, well, just incredible advice from Jesus as well today. He gets, you know, he gets absolute gems. Okay, but that washing of the feet. So we've, we've already got that first one. So we set us that example of service. So whoever wants to get, who wants to be first must also be last. So if you want to get into heaven first, you want to get into heaven, you've also got to be last. You've got to be the servant of all. And that's fundamentally the one that Jesus is teaching us. I just want to help you really understand quite how a bigger thing this is. So we were saying um, uh, that this is an act of submission. But it's also, you know, you have to think, well, okay, in England we have a queen. Um, would it knit? I used to use this one all the time. Wouldn't it be so weird if the queen came in and washed your feet? How weird would that be? That'd be incredibly weird. This this woman who is you know incredibly rich, um, you know, lives in a massive palace, you know, and goes on holiday in this massive castle. It's got all this sort of stuff, and then she comes and washes your feet. That'd be pretty weird, wouldn't it? So could yeah. you could <laughs> you then imagine the king of the universe? Yeah, which the, is the like the infinite times yeah. more important person. And he just lowers himself to that level. At the same time, he elevates himself to that level because service is like one of the best expressions of love. Yeah, and it's in it's in giving that we receive. So it's in washing feet that we receive true well, what true humility, I guess. Um, Okay, so that second point, second number two. Um, So. When Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, uh, whenever there's a washing, it's always slightly symbolic, especially when it's with water. Um, <coughs> uh, but here, Jesus is actually preparing the disciples for their ministry. And so he's cleaning them of, Im- of impurity. He is purifying them, uh, their souls, getting them ready for the incredible task that's before them. Uh, and that's done symbolically through the washing of the feet. So he's not just washing them physically of dirt. He's washing them of their sins. That's a that's a, a key one to remember as well. That Jesus is actually preparing, uh, preparing his disciples for what they've got ahead. Um, and actually, so on Monday, Thursday, with the washing of the feet, we are also prepared uh, for what we've got ahead. We may w- we need to go to confession, but we are also prepared for that ministry there and that job that God has that God has got for us. So in this in this one very simple act that Jesus does, incredible example and an incredible significance as well. Um, Jesus always leads by example. He never uh, expects us to do anything else that he didn't do. Like he's always expecting uh, to do to follow him, to follow his lead. So uh, the fact that he himself is doing service to others uh, only shows that who are we to refuse to do service to others, to serve others in any way, uh, starting from like very simple physical tasks, finish on like just prayer. There's so many ways we can serve people, not only by physically serving them, uh, but it's a great great start. Yeah, and uh, Jesus even says it in, um, if you look in the gospel, Jesus even said, I've set you an example. You know, you've got to do this to other, you know, if I, Lord of the universe, has washed your feet, then you must wash everyone's feet. You know, yeah. if that's, if that's what's no required. There's no excuse. Yeah, I mean, literally. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but after, okay, so after the washing of the feet, we have arguably, uh, well, one of the more, in terms of Christianity, one of the more controversial and, and differently interpreted parts of the gospel, and that's, of course, the first mass, the, the last supper. So he, he holds uh, this meal with his disciples, uh, and in it he institutes the Eucharist, this incredible moment, and he institutes the priesthood as well. Um, and he sort of gives us the body and blood uh, of, of, uh, the, well, of, of him. Um, that of course, of course, that is uh, debated within all, s- all those different branches of Christianity. Uh, we believe that Christ is truly present 
in the Eucharist, that is the body and blood yes. of Christ. Um, but others contest that, and they say this is, you know, the, the Last Supper's not quite, we're not supposed to do the same thing, but um, again, as Catholics, we believe that Christ is again setting us an example of what we should do after he's gone, and that is by holding the Mass. And so when we join in the Mass, it's probably, well, you probably already know this anyway, but when we join in the Mass, we join in in that Last Supper, and we commemorate that moment, that very special moment. Uh, it's a moment that trans- transcends time and space that it's quite incredible and it's very difficult to like comprehend that in that moment at every mass which is the masses are happening through the whole, whole world all the time there's always a mass somewhere so we are constantly connecting to that moment and that moment also is constantly connecting to the moment of passion and the moment of resurrection and is this constant like circle of love of god saving us all over again all the time in every moment constantly and his love is just constantly bursting into the world and it's very difficult to comprehend for me whenever i'm on a mass and i'm trying to like understand like this what's happening right now is actually also happening 2000 years ago and it's happening in the future it's happening outside of the time and space and this is the greatest moment in whole world's history and it's so amazing and the fact that we we don't understand it we won't be ever able to understand it fully until maybe when we stand in god's glory maybe we'll be able to some extent understand what's happening because then we'll be actually living in god's glory but it's just so amazing and incredible and scary that we are we are exposed to this great mystery and this great miracle yet we don't really see it and we don't we, we cannot even begin to comprehend it. Ah, it's, a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Um, ah, um, so Jesus holds his first mass. And actually, that's uh, one of the great things that separates Catholic priests from others is they are in persona Christi. So they are in the person of Christ. So they become Christ in that moment of the mass or where they consecrate uh, the moment of transubstantiation. Uh, they, they, when they consecrate the, uh, the host and uh, the wine, they are Christ and they're well they are they, they become the person of Christ in that moment so you are you are sharing in that moment that that happens here on Monday they Thursday. are Christ and the bread that becomes changed also became Christ so that's that in itself is like what <laughs> but it's true there's uh, recently there's been a lot of like Eucharistic miracles happening I know there was one in Poland when uh, I don't remember exact place but they dropped the the communion the the communicant and the priest left it in water uh, to dissolve after the mass because you cannot throw away after he was blessed and after it was changed into body and it became uh, actual human flesh and it was uh, put into laboratorium t- to test and he was saying this is a live human heart that is in state of agony and it's it doesn't make sense it da- but it's just beautiful proof for us to like try to better understand this is alive Christ in that moment, both in pr- in in priest in personal Christi, and both in the bread that we had taken uh, during the communion, and I think, and he started it in such a simple way, uh, just having a meal with his dear friends, and in a way in this cryptic way that he passed this message like do that forever to like bring this moment with you for the rest of the la- for the rest of the world, and the fact that we can get to celebrate that is the greatest the greatest thing for me 
Yeah. By far, by far. Okay, so Jesus just set us that example. He's instituted the Eucharist. He's instituted the priesthood. Um, next off, he announces Judas is going to betray him. One of you among one of them amongst you is going to betray me. Um, and so this is, you know, just a bit of, bit of a bit of a pre-warning there. You know, Jesus is just showing that he knows everything, mm-hmm. um, which he does. <laughs> and then he gives us the new commandment. Um, another great moment. Um, so you know, to love one another. Uh, the Father loves you. It's, it's, you know this 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 new commandment, um, because with with Christ, uh, the the not the Old Testament isn't wiped away, but we have we have the last prophet, we have the the last we have the Messiah literally, uh, and so he he gives us a new commandment not to overwrite the old ones, but Ma- to fu- sort of fulfill it to fulfill. That's right. So Christ is fulfilling what was promised in the Old Testament by becoming and being the Messiah, and so the the law becomes new uh, and is brought into fulfillment in this new commandment to love one another which is perfect um, and i like how you bring it up right after the fact that he um, knows who's gonna betray him because in the fact that he uh, recognized that judah's gonna uh, betray him he doesn't bring him down he doesn't stop loving him he doesn't tell him like go away you're gonna betray me he still welcomes him at the same table he still lets him be lets him be the part of the first mass. He still lets him join in it and he still wants to embrace him and love him. And then he goes on to explain, like, you have to love everybody. And the, the fact that he brings that new law while, like, he's the person who's going to betray him is still with them uh, shows that he really doesn't care. He lo- just loves people. And it's very beautiful. It's, it's, a, pu- it's a very pure love. Uh, and again, another... Fantastic example that Jesus is setting us. And next up, he then announces that Peter's going to deny him three times. Um, oh dear Peter. Which by the end of the day, he will. Well, he will have, he will have denied him. Uh, so then he holds all the discourses, um, which you can find. They're worth a good read. They're very interesting. Uh, and you'll find lots of people quote the discourses quite a lot. You'll be surprised at the, the things you find in there. But they're, they're great. But, uh, we'll let you read them on your own. We, we won't go into them here because that's, that's quite a lot to go into. Okay, but then, then Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. Um, so he he's he's left Jerusalem. He's walked across this sort of little valley. Uh, well, he's sort of walked a little bit outside the walls, uh, and there's a garden called Gethsemane, and he goes to pray in there. Again, um, great yeah. example. Again, leading by example. In the moment, bef- right before like his biggest struggle, he goes and wants to just be with Father. He uh, abandons his friends in a way. Asks his friends to join him actually in in this. Uh, conversation with god to for them like if you want to stay strong you also have to pray that's what he tells and then he gets quite frustrated with them when they don't do that because he <laughs> knows that if it's difficult for him to stay in connection with god in that moment he knows that it's going to be even more difficult for them to stay by his side and he knows they they all gonna run away uh, but he still wants them to stay because he is a human and he wants that support from them and as we know they they're gonna chicken out and only one of them is going to stay till the end. But it doesn't matter. He still wants them to be to join him. And the fact that he goes and in the moment of this biggest trial, he only seeks connection with Father is, again, the greatest example we can have. That in every situation, there is no situation that will be that bad that we cannot go with it to Father. Uh, and again, the act of submission to Father when he tells him, it's not my will. It's your will. Like, I don't want to do it. But, like, if y- if you want me to do it, that's, right. that's your will. So you feel like this cut pass from me. Yeah. So 
but Jesus accepts that, um, which, you know, in some ways it's, it's very humbling because, you know, it shows that, that Christ has truly taken human form, you know, that God has truly come and come, and, you know, that, that he has these moments. Um, and it, later on, hopefully, we get to look at the last seven words of Christ. There's an incredibly humbling moment uh, where, you know, he cries out for God, um, you know, have you forsaken me? Um, and it's just this incredible moment. I always think is 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 absolutely sublime because it it again it gives us an incredible example. But it also sort of shows you that Jesus is actually truly man. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah. Uh. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what happens? Lo and behold, Jesus has betrayed him, just like Jesus told him he would. Um. And he's come with some Roman soldiers. They get some silver pieces in return. Um. But as he turns up, uh, spring into action. Peter cuts off the ear of Malchus. I think it is. Yeah. Oh dear, Peter. Well, you know, I <laughs> mean, that, that's, it was always a bit that I sort of, you know, um, I not understood, but you know, I think it shows to. shows uh, Peter is such an interesting character, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like he is just great. Uh, oh, I love Peter, uh, but it shows his character very well that he's always a bit too eager, a bit too like wanting to do something but not really sure what to do and i think that's a actually a great way to be because he's always always trying even if it's not always a good result like in this situation like he does something that he wasn't really supposed to do but it also jesus can turn into something good because he uh, saves he heals the other guy and he shows like they, they came to like capture him and he still loves them and he still wants to serve them and Peter, just by being himself, his silly himself, <laughs> silly Peter, uh, gives Christ another chance to like show off his amazing love for humanity. Yeah. So, um, but then there's this, uh, there's this sort of discussion, uh, and Jesus, Jesus accepts it. He knows he's got to accept. It. He knows he, he doesn't need to fight this. He knows what's going to happen, uh, and so he goes and he's taken uh, before the high priest first, um, and then uh, of course. Peter denies him, uh, and then he's taken to Pilate. So, very busy day for Jesus. It's all is before nine a.m. From what I remember, like for the night, it's all in the evening. It'll, it'll be it'll be in the because he reaches the Garden of Gethsemane in the evening. Yeah, yeah. and then for the night, he's being uh, questioned in the house of the Pharisee. Uh, That's right, the high priest. Yeah, so Peter betrays him three times before the dawn before the sun rises right. basically so it, it's all of it happens in one evening and night it's a lot <laughs> and no, it, is, it is a lot and then you got to think um by three o'clock the next day he's dead yeah so you know the, the so but there's there's so much that's happened there so we, we hope we've sort of that that is a timeline sort of we probably missed a couple of the bits out in there um if you want, please read through your Gospels. It, it takes you through it, takes you through it really well. Uh, but yeah, so we started off with the washing of the feet and this incredible act of service. And then by the end of the evening, we've had so much drama and he's in custody, if you like. Um, and it's just the beginning of the passion. The passion haven't even started. The trial haven't even started. And he's been already through so much like mental pain dealing with the fact that he's going to die, that he has to live the life. That because like if you sit in the room having a meal with 12 of your closest friends so you constantly like your family and there was more people than we know that not just apostles with them but there was the whole uh squad what's it called i don't know um 
his whole friends group. He sitting there with them, having this meal, celebrating that the holiday is coming up. He must been heartbroken to know that he's about to leave this in less than 24 hours. Like knowing that this is so great and he, with his free will, could choose to have it and like just keep on living with those people and loving those people and, and be there. And then he knows that he has to leave them and he has to break their hearts in a way and he has to break his own heart. He has to leave his mother behind and everything that he knew and he just has to give it up and he doesn't know exactly what's gonna happen how it's gonna be because like he is a human he never died before so he can like he at the same time he's god so he knows what's gonna happen but at the same time he never lived lived through it as human and for me just like the fact that he was sitting there knowing what's coming and at the same time just humbly submitting to it it's just i cannot I cannot comprehend uh, how a person can do that. Yeah, and in, in, in some of the, well, I mean, all the, dis- uh, the disciples go on to have incredible stories afterwards. Um, I mean, a lot of them are crucified and, and die in pretty horrible ways. Um, but it's, it, the bit that always strikes me is, is how Jesus always goes back to the Father. So he's always, uh, he's either explaining, okay, so the father is this, he's trying to explain something, or he's asking the father himself, and there's sort of this, there's this such clear channel between the two of them, um, which to me is so clear and so special as well. Um, and that, that to me is another example, again, um, on how, how he refers everything back to his father, God in heaven. Um, yeah, because, because everything is connected to God, and he just lives a life of prayer which is constant conversation, constant dialogue with the Father. And as we can tell, it's working pretty well for him. Uh, because like he, he was living a pretty happy, happy life, uh, for what we can tell. So uh, the fact that he's constantly living through Father and he constantly is in this dialogue with him just shows, again, is an example how we should live our life to, have the, to bear the best fruits. Because otherwise, if, if we're not going to have this connection, we're just going to kind of walk aimlessly trying to figure out stuff when we could just address him and, and get the answers and get the help that we need. True, yeah. Well, we won't, we won't talk too much about Morning Thursday. Please um, take this into your heart. Um, try and read through uh, whichever gospel you choose um, and try and try and understand the journey of Jesus at this point. What, what, what's he thinking? What are the disciples thinking? Uh, and then if you want, you can read through the discourses, um, meditate on, on them as well. That's a really good thing to do. Uh, the most powerful part of the day is the washing of the feet and the mass. Um, but then there's so much that happens. And that new commandment, there's so much thought that you can give that. And, um, yeah, it's just a complete fulfillment. Everything starts to come together. You know, we've had Palm Sunday, uh, the Sunday before, where Jesus is just fulfilling scripture you know, left, right, and center. You know, it's just everything is slowly now coming to fulfillment. And and it must be a great thing to witness as well. Jesus knows he's bringing all this to fulfillment. And it, it must be very special, although very difficult, um, to, to bring everything together and to just to complete what is completely perfect. You know, there is absolutely nothing wrong. You have to remember this. So much happens all through this Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, uh, and Easter Sunday, or the, you know, the Vigil Holy Saturday. Uh, so much happens, and yet, Everything happens exactly right in exactly the right time, exactly the right place, with exactly the right words. 
which only shows a godly nature of Jesus because a human wouldn't be able Divine to nature. do it. Yeah. The best scammer in the world wouldn't be able to pull off this gig to like s be in the right place at the right time with right people. Everything like falls into place perfectly. And again, it has to do with the fact that he's perfectly connected with the Father, that he and the Father are one and they are connected in this godly nature uh, because otherwise, as a human, even no matter how much he would try, he wouldn't be able to do it by himself. Yeah. All right. So we'll leave you to 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 mull that over and to meditate, um, and hopefully we'll we'll try and produce either a Good Friday or a, a Holy Saturday one as well. I recommend John's Gospel for the for the yeah, last Yeah, particularly supper. this year as well. Particularly this year. Yeah. Especially now with this situation uh, going on, where we have more time uh, to pray, hopefully. Uh, meditate to prepare ourselves uh, in the in the quiet of our houses with our families uh, to leave this Easter maybe a bit differently, maybe a bit calmer, with a bit more uh, reflection uh, to better understand what happened uh, during this holy weekend. Uh, it was a crazy weekend, uh, <laughs> and and to better prepare our hearts for the future when we meet. Hopefully, Jesus in his glory. And it's just beautiful. And just to appreciate the mass when we get it back. <laughs> uh, how, how even like watching like mass online, uh, as I was doing like past two Sundays, just live streaming the masses, uh, to better appreciate the miracle that is mass. And uh, the miracle that is also service, being able to serve other people. Uh, I can tell from my personal experience that you never met somebody better than uh, when you serve somebody or you're being served. Um, because only then you can reach meet a, a true person in this in this person, if that makes yeah. sense. And it, in that you meet Christ. Yeah, and uh, I think that that's something that's worth uh, to think about um, and put into practice as well when it comes to service. Do something for others. Uh, put your heart into that a little bit love others um not only through words but also through action and yeah <laughs> i went for a philosophical yeah so enjoy your monday thursday um just just uh take some time to yourself to try and reflect and think and read through and understand and uh, what i find is a uh, is if you read it and then you close your eyes and you just try and walk yourself through it as though you were one of the disciples as though you were a Roman soldier, whichever bit you want to pick out, you just try and walk yourself through it. It'll really bring it into perspective. And if you can try and look up what the Mount of Olive looks, Mount of Olive looks like, uh, and you can see what the Garden of Gethsemane looks like as well, and you can get a rough idea. It's not a great idea, but you can get a rough idea um, of the layout as well, and that helps because you understand that actually the Jesus only walks for about five or ten minutes before he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane, and mm -hmm. it's not that far outside the walls, and then it, it's not a huge journey back in again. So you, you begin to understand the journey that Christ has. It's a it. great idea for meditation. Yeah, to kind of take yourself there and take part in it. See if you can, see if you can. Um, definitely yeah. worth a try. Definitely and worth there a try. is a great, great resources out there uh, from many different uh, places. Uh, a lot of uh, good priests uh, saying good teachings. Jesuits, so passionists, wherever we want to go to. Carl yeah. putting some great things out as uh, well. So. so find yourself some good resources and spend uh, this remaining time of land preparing yourself for not only Holy Thursday, but the whole uh, Easter time. And yeah. Thank you so much, Alec, for joining me for oh, this episode. Absolute pleasure. And uh, thank you all uh, so much for listening in.
uh, let us know what did you think about this episode did we say anything stupid or not <laughs> um, and always do we'll gladly uh, hear you or you'll hear us uh, in the next episode of Holly Bubble uh, which should be next week and we'll discuss uh, Holly Friday Good Friday, good Friday. Good Friday. Well, hopefully we'll have it all out in time for the Triddon. We'll try. And you can and you can get them for then. But yeah, if you don't, then it's not a problem. <laughs> we'll try. I mean, you don't have to be looking at this on Monday, Thursday to still reflect on the day, so. Yes. Uh, I think especially Holy Thursday, Great Thursday, is a day that is very important to every Sunday that we celebrate because of the Eucharist. The institution of the Eucharist, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we hope you, you have a great day. Boy. Bye. Bye.